Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are this moment. This is Larry Lewis on the Mentors Lounge for the November edition. This interview is the second in November 2021. And today I am so happy, so excited to bring this great man onto the Mentors Lounge. My guest on the Mentors Lounge today is no other person than Sheyi Awobadejo. If you know Sheyi Awobadejo, he's a man of many parts, and I've, I'm so happy to, to bring him on board. This is someone I've known for many years, many years. I think it dates too close to around ah, five, I look at this to be close to 18 or thereabout 18 or 20 years that I've known Sheyi. And so today, why I'm bringing in on board is because of who Sheyi has been to me and who is becoming. And he has a lot to share with us today. So without wasting much time, I want to welcome Sheyi Awubadejo. Welcome, my brother. Thank you so much, uh, Larry for having me and thank you for the kind words. It's been a while. I mean, we've known each other for a long time. And, uh, it's uh, it's good to be here. It's good to be here. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Now, some people will be wondering who is she over the job? Because I usually like uh, people that will be watching to meet the guests themselves. Um, I like to give the opportunity for Sheyi to introduce himself. Who is Sheyi Awobadejo? <laughs> Thank you. Let me just do a small introduction of myself. Um, I will call myself a serial entrepreneur, yes, a businessman, a serial entrepreneur um, who started business in 2007, 2008 fully. I mean, I've always been dreaming to be a businessman. By 2007, I started fully in Nigeria. Um, I started a recruitment and training um, agency called Driving Solution, Nigeria Limited. Um, and it's still, the business is still on now. It's been on for the past 12 to 13 years. And uh, later, I started another one um, in farming and agro-highlight, um, a warehouse where we distribute food for poultry and uh, fish farms farmers um it's a mega mega um, business back in abelkuta then and it's still in existence then i started my voyage in the uk in 2013 2013 and um, that's when we transcended from the nigerian business to the uk business while still running the uk business i mean nigerian business we started there with wosiwosi um OC is a wholesale distributor of African food. So we import from Africa and we distribute in the UK and Europe. We do that offline and online. Then we started the restaurant chain recently called ATK, ATK Restaurant. It's a, it's a lifestyle business, restaurants and um, hotel, it's a lifestyle um, business. We started that recently, and uh, that's where we are now. Also, we've been in two real estates since 2000 and, um, 2013. So we, are, we have real estate interest in Nigeria and in the UK. So that's awesome. where I am. That's uh, the business part of myself. But by training, I'm a chartered accountant. I'm a chartered accountant, and I've worked in the banking sector for a number of years before starting business. Awesome. Awesome. Welcome. Welcome. I mean, um, thank you. This is very brief, but uh, I'm going to break it down for us uh, watching this uh, today or anytime you'll be watching. See, our body Joe is someone that is man of many parts. He has worked in the banking sector before. Uh, before transiting into uh, setting up businesses in, in, in Nigeria and now moving to the UK. 
He has also been a mentor to many, many uh, young ones, and that's why one of the reasons why we're bringing on board on the mentors round today, because I remember back in, in Nigeria then that Sheyi ran and um, I'll call it a social enterprise uh, to develop capacity in young people called the Wisdom Trading Center. Do you want to share with us um, your experience with that one, uh, Wisdom Training Center? Because I know a lot of yeah. uh, mentees have been raised from that platform. Uh, yeah, yes. Wisdom Training Center, it's, a, it's a, a vision that we have, uh, we had back then in uh, 2010. We started Wisdom Training Center in 2010. It was a center located in Abelkuta where we train people on entrepreneurship. At that point, I started business in 2007 and um, the business was not doing very well at initial stage. So we learned a lot of things that eventually when the business picked up in 2008, almost nine months after we started. So I felt compelled to share some of the wisdom that I got or I learned in the trying period of the business. So we started with Wisdom Training Center and um, we did very well back then we are still the center is not there physically but we are still doing other things that people benefit from but um like larry said we have been able to mentor a lot of people that has been how many years now about 10 years yes over 10 years almost 10 years so most of the guys that were at the center now middle center now have become um established business people too and they too are now mentoring another generation another generation of people good so but it's 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 something that we should encourage like um, Lange is doing mental mentors lodge now it's something mm. that we should encourage because a, a, a generation the next generation should benefit from the wisdom of the older generation, older generation. We, should, we should pass we should pass um, information and we should make sure that what we go through they should not go through what so I went through in business, what I was doing then with Zoom Center is to ensure that nobody passes through what I went through. They should learn from me because mm -hmm. I got my fingers burnt. If only you can see the scars, but there's a lot of mistakes. I lost a lot of money and I'm still losing some money now because mm -hmm. maybe I've not gotten enough mentors to take me mm -hmm. on my journey. So mm -hmm. I believe that whatever I've gone through, people should not go through it. So, and information is free. Information should be shared mm -hmm. and then passed on to the next generation. Awesome, awesome. This is this is one of the reasons why uh, the Mentors Land was set up. Mentors Land is 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 here to democratize success. That is, normalize success, make it normal. Like um, they usually say this this thing that um, this the secret of men is in their stories. Definitely. And a mentor. Is someone who will shorten the, the the duration that you would take to get you to your destination because they have gone through it before and they will tell you the bends to avoid, all the things that you need to do, and just follow it and you will replicate or even do better because you are armed with enough uh, insight from them. Now, the thing is this um, you have transitioned from someone who was running business in Nigeria and running the UK. Can you share with us how that experience was for you, especially the time that you left? Because um, moving to UK at that time to come and start a business is a big leap, a big daring move. I mean, can you share with us some of the things but like anyone who wants to take that kind of voyage or anyone or someone within within the uk or anywhere how can they learn from this please share with us thank you um thank you for that question like i always say starting a business in the uk and uh, running a business in the uk it's it's a little bit complex unlike when you do that back in um, africa or home complex because there are regulations there are standards and there is a certain um responsibility that is expected of you as the business owner it's not something that is unsurmountable it's not difficult but the laws must be followed process must be followed and it's quite expensive 
to run a business from here is quite expensive unlike running from africa you want to start a business in africa for example you might not need to do a lot of fancy things because there's no regulation there's no government agency that is giving you guidelines you don't need licenses you want to start a restaurant for example you don't need to register with health and safety which you must do here you have to register with health and safety you have to get um, um, planning permission you need to comply with food standard you need to comply with uh, regulation concerning pest control you need to get a core license i can start a beer parlor in nigeria tomorrow morning just put chairs in front of my house and put bottles out people will sit down and drink and i'll be making right. money and once i'm making money i'll be reinvesting in the business and just keep going like but you can't do that here hmm. you will need licenses you will need to get something that is befitting the council might want to check they will need to give you ratings five star mm. rating four star rating so mm. it's complex starting a business here it's not that it's difficult yeah it's complex and because of the complexity it makes you to succeed if you can if you can start around it it makes right. you to succeed because the government is checking on you to make sure that you're doing the right thing mm. so yeah it makes you to avoid errors and costly mistakes you don't risk people's life because mm. they are procedures you yeah. don't just serve things to people you need to comply with the law right so that's that's just the true difference between starting a business in nigeria and starting the it's just the process mm. and the process mm. makes them get better and then mm. the process because i've started business in nigeria i've started i've done it the process helps you to keep tab on what you are doing in nigeria when nobody's asking you for i mean they're asking you but you don't have to comply because of the nature of the environment for example mm. tax 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 i mean it's yes. your money you start your business it's your money you make your money you spend your money nobody asks you but yeah you are cautious of the fact that the tax man can come in anytime anytime so you are keeping yeah. books you are keeping yes. whether you don't want to structure you want to structure you are forced to structure structure you are forced to structure because you need to keep record you need to keep record so that's that improves that's why um like you know and like they say there are, there are not too many businesses i think it's changing now that has clocked 100, 100 years in Africa. I think it's changing now. But one of the things that I personally saw when I got here was that ah, maybe this is one of the reasons. Because the system itself is designed for you to structure your business. To structure it. Whether you are just starting or not, you will need to keep books because you will know that you have to do your tax return at the end of the year. Mm, mm, you mm. need to you need to if you are VAT registered you need to submit your VAT application I know those things happen in Africa too but the kind of structure they put in it and the kind of uh, urgency and the uh, and the law around it makes you mm. to comply you can't we will really talk to you know in uh, some other climb you can yeah. say okay I'm sorry yeah okay oh yeah take this one please look away yeah, yeah there's nobody to, to <laughs> nobody's looking away yeah. <laughs> So it's, that's just the difference between running a business there. But like I said, it's not difficult. Right. It's not right. difficult. It's a it's a process that has to be followed. Okay. And 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 labor is very expensive here as well. And things are very expensive here as well. Mm-hmm. Especially when um, you have to employ people. I mean, there is minimum wage. You yeah. cannot pay less, pay less than that. Yes, or not. Yeah. yeah. So so it's labor is very cheap back in some economy. Mm-hmm. That's why some of the big companies are moving their production to some parts of the world that is right. safe, where they can easily employ quality um, personnel and pay yeah. them lesser than they would have paid here. So All labor right. in this climate, labor is very, very expensive. Labor is very expensive. So we have to be mindful of that. Okay. So my transition from Nigeria to I, I think we have started. I should explain yes, my transition. Yes. Go on. So Go my on. transition from there was was a good shock for me. Was was a, <laughs> was it just came boom. I, I'm like, what happened? Because I got here and I was used to uh, not doing things myself back in Nigeria. People mm. do things for you now. I mean, at that mm-hmm. point in Nigeria when I left we had about it, it was over 100 staff in the business i was running there mm. and mm. i mean i think at a point we had 400 at its peak before i left 400 staffs mm. so i was used to not carrying my bag not carrying my my shoe not 
with the iron in my shirt, yeah. everybody doing it. You know, though personally, it's not something I like. But yeah. before you turn, they say, "Oh, guy, oh, guy, bring it." Ah, yeah, okay, don't do it. I mean, you see people running Always. around for you. Yeah, uh, you you can't. I can't change tire like, i want to change my tire yeah. i want to change bulb you always see somebody that will do it for you ah uh, as soon as we got here they won first they won like this i had to roll my sleeve because we got an apartment that was unfurnished and uh, we need to furnish it now hmm. i discovered that there's no carpenter to do bed i had to go to ikea buy the bed fix the bed fix yourself unless they are doing it's not something i love to do but i had to do it i mean i had to clear the garden i had to uh do diy so it's it's a shock but i think he paid off at the end of the day or he's paying off now so things are you have to do it yourself then when we started the business as well a business of the magnitude of wasi wasi when we started in 2015 should from day one should have at least uh, if it was nigeria or in africa i would yes. from day one you have like 10 staffs huh. from day one now uh, you are uh, somebody at the i mean two we had two tills we had two tills we had somebody on the meat machine you hire somebody on the shop floor you will need a driver you will need a a cleaner but you can't do that yeah so when we started day one because we didn't start small we started big Wow. When, when we started, it was I was the driver, I was the delivery driver, man. I was the delivery man. I was the cleaner. My <laughs> wife was the cashier. My wife was the so it was between the two of us, my wife and my and myself. So we started we we bootstrap because we can't afford to pay anybody now. Yeah, yeah. I start paying people minimum wage from mm-hmm. so we we started gradually, gradually, and uh, we are here now to mm. a point where where we have partners now we have partners and when i say partners i mean colleagues yeah we have about we have about 15 of us now and it's going awesome. i think 15 to 20 i can't even put my hands on on awesome. the figure now awesome mm. awesome so awesome. that's that's where we are now that's really that's really phenomenal i mean <clears throat> coming from nigeria and now starting a business of manual was we'll see in the uk it's um is really great yeah now there is something that um is a challenge which i which i want you who is in need to speak on and that is about the black ethnic minority or black um a minority group um doing business in the uk i observe that within the uk apart from those who are uh british by part or something like that you have asians doing business you have african doing business but there's something that africans are just uh, crossing the threshold which is building sustainable businesses yeah there seems to be uh more asians having sustainable businesses than Africans. Yeah. Why do you think this is the case? And what can, from your experience, Africans do to break this threshold or this myth? Is there, yes. is there a myth around it? Because that's what I see. And when you when you discuss with Asians, you will see that they have this communal way of learning things. Even with anything, not only business, with uh, with acquiring houses, all those things, they have this communal uh, effort that they put into it, and Africans are not leveraging on that. So, what yeah. can you say? About I think it it has to do with um, trust. I think they've been able to build trust around themselves. They've been able to build trust around themselves, and. Um, they they've done this successfully for years they've been doing it since uh, about 50 years over 50 years so what i discovered i did a a small research Mm. i did did a small research and um, i wanted to know why Mm. why 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 that is happening and i asked questions Mm. and the result i got was that about 50 years ago 
when yeah. the Asians were coming, they were taking advantage of opportunities. Right. They were starting businesses. At that point, I discovered that um, our generation, the generation that came, yeah. at that point, they 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 didn't do the same. We were we were working, but it's changing. The narrative is changing now. Even in the in the in the area where I play, yeah, um, African food, you will discover yeah. that we have more Asian dominating in that by the environment in fact they control that business they control that yeah. business they control yeah. our own food yeah they control our own food and it's a shame but that's where we find ourselves that's, what... that's where we find ourselves so why is that i can't put my finger on why but i think it's a combination of things that you have mentioned they cooperate among themselves mm. they you will see them if a, a magnitude of business like we'll see, we'll see. I bet you, if it was an Asian, I wouldn't be the only one that owns with my wife. Yeah. I would not be the only one. There would be a group of 10 or a group of five or a group of two that would have come and say, oh, this man, you are doing this thing. Take this money and be doing it. We're not going to interfere, but just go it. Mm. But I think I find it difficult that Africans, we find it difficult to trust ourselves to be able to, to work together. So I think it's a it's a it's a cultural thing, maybe. Mm. Or it's just a societal thing from our but it's changing, things are getting better. Mm. Mm. Because mm. without it as as a as, without that as a as a people, we, we might not be able to forge ahead. We might not be able to do so yeah. much. Mm, yeah. not, we need to cooperate, we need to synergize. Yeah. Uh, we need to synergize. Um Acquiring properties, you will see a number of these um, other um, people that we are talking about now. You see them come together, buy one house, maybe five of them come together, buy one house, give it to this person. This person owns a house. Then next year, they do it for the second person. Next year, they do it for the third one. So by the time you look at them in five years, all of them own all of them their houses. property. But we, we want to do it alone. So. Mr. A, who happens to be a Nigerian, is there struggling by himself to, to put a service together to get a home for himself. <laughs> Whereas, instead of you struggling to get 30000 for yourself, 40000 for yourself, you could have done um contribution whereby five of you contribute and give it to you to go and acquire it. So next time they do it for the next person, I don't know. Well, I think it's, mm. it's, I think it's more of a cultural thing. Mm. 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 I think so. This is this is this is profound. <laughs> this is really profound. It's a, if, uh, and, I don't want to open is... some kind of worms in mm. my own in my own area. You need to know what is happening in uh, in African food business. I'm telling you, they control the market though. They determine the price. Mm. We are not in control. We are selling. We are selling, but we are not in control. Wow. I mean, it's before now. There, it was not existent. Africans were not in this space. It's now that some of us that are in the business, but we are we are still minute to the number of uh, people from from Asia that has, that are selling African food. They they don't just sell it to us. They control the back end from Africa. So they own farms in Africa now, or they 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 own factories in Africa where they bring these things. Wow. To the UK to sell to us. Yep. Asians own warehouses in Nigeria. Warehouses, farms, farmlands. Yep. <sighs> this is this it's is not revelation. bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. But uh, we need to ask ourselves questions as a people um, that want to be in charge and that want to forge ahead in life. We need to ask ourselves: Is, is we can do better? I think we can do better. And if the narrative is changing. Mm. It's been on for so many years. Narrative is changing, but that's where we are now. Awesome. This is this is really uh, explosive because coming from you, you know, that, that is from your system, and that's what is happening. You know, um, even when I when I hosted my brother, he was telling me that in the UK today, I think there are two, there are three people who are controlling this market. And the three of them are Asians. He said that they, their warehouses in London alone is could be a whole street. 
and that is that's why he said he said that that's might, just the way it he is. Might, he might it's, it's, it's not he might not be he might not be far from the truth i mean he's saying the truth saying the truth things are changing gradually gradually it used to be worse than this mm-hmm. uh maybe 10 years ago i mean there was no we'll see and some other big brands now that are nigerian owned mm-hmm. 10 years ago so it can only get better right right it can only get better but it, i think it dates back to 50 years ago i mean there are some of these asian businesses that are 60 years old that means the first generation started and they added it over the second generation second generation yeah. yep okay. and what they do is just food i think they started with their own food africa i mean asian food and um, they discovered that there was nothing for the african market so they went to that market many years ago. Mm. I remember when we started with we'll, we'll see um there is a um, somebody came into the store and was like, Wow, this is good coming from an African. And the woman said, an elderly woman, she's in her 80s. Mm. She said 50 years ago they used to come from Nigeria to London. When they come, there is a place they call Lagos Emporium. I can't mm. forget that word, Lagos Emporium, that is owned by a nation, that they sell everything, including day today con today con mm. if i may use that word that if you go there you will see it so that means the mm. man asian man imports from nigeria and sells and he calls his store lagos and program mm. and the woman said that was 50 years ago and when she entered our store that that our store reminds or the where our warehouse will remind her of of the 50 years experience that she had 50 years mm. ago lagos and mm. So mm-hmm. it's an Asian, and at that point, which which African will start? I, I start to be corrected. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I don't see many many Nigerians coming to the UK uh, in uh, 1950 something to mm-hmm. start to start that kind of business at that time. So if things are changing now. Some of us now that can, and some of the people that came before us, they came and they invested at their own level locally in a corner shop um and they did very well with the capacity and the resources they have okay Mm, but things are changing like i keep saying okay now my next question is is to someone who've heard what you're saying supposedly started big in the uk and everything like that if you Mm. are to advise your younger self or someone young who says I also want to be in this area? What are the things that you tell the person to do? If I want how to would the person, it, how would the person, how the person risk risk capital? How would the person? Um, one of the, one of the key things that is so critical to your business is the uh, what do they call the logistics, the um, delivery and supply. I mean, um, and getting the products. What will you tell someone that if you want to do this thing, these are the things you should avoid, though. These are the things you should face. Yeah. I mean, if I want to advise anybody, I would say um, you have to be ready to roll up your sleeve. It's not something, this business, the one that I do, there are so many businesses that one can do, but the one that I do is retail. It's retail and wholesale and distribution. It's not something that you would do without. Um, wanting to get your hands dirty i mean you need to put on the put in the shifts so you need to wake up early you need to sleep late you need you would have a lot of sleepless hours it's energy sapping and uh, it involves a lot of manual handling so if i want to if some of the things i know now to Uh be honest some of the things i know now if i knew it when i was going to start i won't do it i'm not saying it's bad but thank Uh god i didn't know thank god i did not know because mm. it would have drawn me, it would have drawn me back. But thank God, I didn't know some of the things I got to know when after we started. For example, when we were going to start, I didn't know, um, I didn't know about business rates. Yeah. Business rates is what you pay the government every month for your business. You pay for the building you are occupying. Apart from rental, you pay business rates. It's just yeah. like council tax that you pay at home so you are paying the council okay for for using that building i didn't know there was something like business rate honestly when we started i was shocked after the first month second month i just got a bill from the council 
saying that Oof. you are owing and it's in thousands monthly Oof. so saying that you are owing so so thousand i'm like ah we just started and then me i was thinking that ah there will be tax only day there will be oh as soon as i called the council the council says oh yeah you have started the business you have to pay i said but wow. the business not making money the business not making money yet they said oh it's not about the money you are making it's that you have occupied the building and you have to pay to occupy wow. it was it i was i was depressed if i may use that word wow so the business has not been making money or it was not making money and we had to pay from day one i mean they even backdated because i didn't report myself that i was in the building at that time because when you move into a building your landlord should tell the council that um, this person is now there this person is now there so they'll start sending bills to you and you have to pay and you cannot you cannot you cannot afford not to you cannot by law just like cancel tax you can't afford yes not you, to can't, you have to pay yeah you, afford, you have to pay and i'm not saying it's a bad thing i'm just saying that if i knew that probably i would have i would not have started the business but thank god i didn't know i didn't also know that uh, you need a core license to sell a core so i just started the business we told the council somebody told me that i had to inform the council that i want to start the business so i told the council so the council approved and i never knew that we were going to sell we're going to need the license to sell alcohol so i started selling alcohol and uh, the there was a day the council came to do the normal inspection for health and safety <laughs> and when they did the lady was happy and she went of course, the agencies in the, the, the council, they, they talk to themselves. So I think she mm -hmm. got back to the office and told them that, ah, I don't think this person has alcohol license. So, so the alcohol people came. Ooh. Because the license, the, the license is issued by the licensing office of the council. Each council, each borough has their own officer in charge. Yeah. yeah. So he came and he came with a policeman, a excess police, somebody in charge of policing, uh, license, insurance. So they came in Mopsi and uh, they were like, do you sell alcohol in this place? I have learned not to lie. Yeah. I said, I said, yes, we do. There was a customer there behind me at the back of those officers. He was saying, say no, say no, say no. <laughs> <laughs> I was confused because I was looking at the licensing authority people from the council. <laughs> I was seeing the customer at the back okay. waving at me Say saying, no. saying no. No. <laughs> well, I, I said I said the truth. I said, yes, we are. You know what the man said? The man said, we know that you sell. We've been told that you sell. Thank God you came you came clean. Hmm. So where where is the alcohol? I took them to the warehouse. This is where the alcohol is. They said, ah, you don't have license to sell. You need a license to be able to sell these things. I said, I don't know. I don't know. So they said, this is what you need to do. But one thing about these people is they are not there to punish you. They are there to correct yeah. you. Yeah. And um, so this is what you need to do. So they gave me the forms. They gave me uh, what I need to do. One of the things that, that shocked me that day was to sell a call, you will need to make 21 applications. At that time, it's changed now. 21. Wow. I, I think it's 21. Yeah, be 20. I've forgotten the figure. So that means you have to apply and you send the application to about 20 agencies you have to wow. because because alcohol is so serious that you would need approval from the fire department to say yes let's license this person to sell alcohol you need approval from the the police ss police would have to approve you need approval from the office or in charge of child protection in the council you need approval from the licensing authority health and safety about 20 something of them at that time <laughs> so if i knew all these things probably i won't start the business hmm. because it was it was tedious so Very we stopped selling alcohol. so those are things that i got to find out along the way hmm. that if hmm. i had known i wouldn't have done it but thank god i didn't know so what hmm. would i tell the person the young me that started the business i, I would say comfort your fear and and just just for the head once you are convinced in your mind that you want mm -hmm. to do this thing, then just go for it mm. so the question with with this from the background of these people that are controlling things is this i see products come from brazil 
come from South Africa, come from Ghana, come from different countries. And I don't know what this thing is called, but they say that there is there is a kind of um, like a rating or a specification mm. when it comes to food or stuff that when it's coming from outside to the UK, it must meet a particular spec yes. before they approve it in. My question is this, if we have in every five Africans, one person is a Nigerian. So that means that we have more Nigerians in places when compared to other African uh, nations. Yeah. So it means that, for example, if you have the United Kingdom, you have more Nigerian as Africans than yeah. other nationalities. Yeah. So it's possible. Why, why are products not regulated coming in from Nigeria, or is there a new thing come, happening now? Because things I hear things like Indomie. Indomie will rooted to Ghana before it comes to Nigeria and branded as if it's from Ghana, right? I mean. D different things like this. I'm just trying to wonder that how, what's, what is, what can be done in that space, especially for people like you and so many other uh, people in this this business value chain. What can be done, especially? Is it relating with with government or is it relating with the high commissioner? What can be done to break this these uh, issues? Okay, I. I'm just. I always, I, I, I always, I, I always run away from anything that is political. <laughs> uh, I run the way. I'm, I'm here to make. Is it political? Is it political? The reason why it's, it's, I'm asking it, it, this question. I think, I think it's political. It has to do with we as a people back in Nigeria. It has to do with the government. It has right. to do with regulation. It has to do with regulation. Some other countries they regulate what goes out. They form, right. they form a board, export board, that that helps people to sell their products they, because it will help the economy when you help the farmers to ship their yam outside to ship their beans and when you are helping them to ship their beans you help them with the quality control they might not be able to because they are they are just farmers and they are not dumb they are not they are smart but the government can help with like um, what they call um, a hub right a hub whereby Everybody bring your things. Right. We're happy to get market out there and we're happy to sell at a good price. So right. you are not going to lose out. So the government buys from them and ship it for them, or the government ship for them and pay them when you understand some countries right. do that. Right. And some countries too, the government helps with infrastructure so that when they want to ship, it is kept in a very conducive environment. For example, we sell a lot of, or we import a lot of uh, vegetables from Nigeria. We import mm. fresh vegetables on a weekly basis or mm. by or a weekly basis, yeah. So, and they come fresh. Mm. Ugu, Shoko, Tete, mm. uh, Water Leaf, uh, Saint's Leaf. They come fresh. Mm. So, the farmer or we, the mm -hmm. importer, we go to the farm in Ijebu, for example, or Ibadan. Mm -hmm. Uh -huh. and we buy this vegetable on a particular night and we ship it to Lagos because that's where the airport is. Uh -huh. By the time it gets to Lagos airport, um, there is no refrigeration. Those things uh -huh. should be, the temperature of the vegetable should be controlled. Uh -huh. In the scorching sun of Nigeria, uh -huh. the vegetable will be left on the tarmac or under the shed. And it will reduce or spoil the quality of the of the produce. By the time it gets to the UK the following morning, because of that scorching sun, oh. it would have it would have reduced the quality. But if it was something like oh the government has made provision for a refrigerated container at the terminal, as oh. soon as it gets from the farm, because from the farm you control the temperature, so you can put it in the refrigerator van. van. Yes. So the temperature is controlled from the farm. It gets to the airport or to the cargo part of the airport in Nigeria. 
they put it immediately in a in a refrigerated container or um cargo and as soon as we are shipping because we ship it by air and mm. it's shipped it's shipped in a controlled environment mm. as soon as it gets into the plane they put it in in a container that is refrigerated so the temperature of the, the quality of the products is consistent and it's it's kept the integrity of the product is kept but mm. that's not the case in in most cases i'm not saying mm. all cases that's not mm. to be corrected mm. in most cases in nigeria that's not the case but in other part of the world like you mentioned south america where we import from that is what also is sustainable okay so like like i keep saying i don't want to get into politics but yeah. some of these things could have been done if the political will is there all right all right now to, to some basics right um you've been able to create a portfolio was was uk um atk restaurant even in real estate yeah we have um, a business in us in uk that does real estate yeah now what are the kind of books um mentors um life lessons that have shaped you to be the person that you are today when when i want to go into any area i pick someone that i want to model um, or pattern myself after mm. or i want to learn from for example when we we're going to start was we'll see i read a lot of books from sam walton walmart okay and, and i'm still reading there's one beside my bed mm. made in america made in america by mm. sam walton i mean mm. of, of, bless, of blessed memory I mean, if a man can start a small shop and he has grown to um, over 500, over thousands of stores across Africa, of course, America and the world. Yes. I mean, I, I need to learn how he did it. And the book did justice to that. The book did a lot of justice made in America. Um, I mean, so that's just an example. When mm. I was going to start Driving Solution back in 20... 2006 mm-hmm. between I read a lot of material from um, the internet. It was the internet then. Mm-hmm. I downloaded a lot of information about uh, driving, safe driving, how to start a, a consulting firm, how to start a recruitment agency. Mm-hmm. You understand? I did it. Yeah. To be honest, in my estimation, I read over 200 books wow. in, in the area of driving that time i don't have the time wow. now as much as i do then then wow. i was not married then i was very young i was wow. you know i was at the time yes. but now i am selective about books that i read but at mm. that point i think i read over for over 200 so but right. um the real estate too when i was going to go into real estate until now i still do a lot of research it has to do with asking questions reading books um okay. wanting to know what you need to do so i don't i think that answers your question honestly yeah yeah mm-hmm. absolutely now the thing is you have partnerships also which i know what informs or what guides you and your partnerships especially yeah. the business ones um well you need because sometimes need sometimes to... people go uh, if somebody is young and is not experienced you go into some partnership and you get your fingers burnt. I mean, what helps you in in the choice of partners, especially in business? Because we have to leverage on our different strengths anyway. Yeah, so, I was going to say I was going to say that that um, sometimes you think you need people with like minds. Yeah, it's good. But if somebody knows what you know, or you two of you think alike, then then two of you might not make a great team so you need people with diverse um ideas you have something to contribute this other person has another dimension or something to contribute i used to be a low ranger i used to believe that oh if you want to make it please just do it yourself but i've learned over the years that you need to get people you need to leverage that's the word you need to leverage you need to leverage on people 
leverage i mean you have idea you don't have money get someone to have money to fund your idea and you leverage you have uh, money you don't have idea get someone that has an idea to run with you to get money but what i would suggest because it's mentors mentors lounge where we yeah. where we mentor people i would say that make sure if you are going to partnership documents document let there be let there be an agreement let there be let there be a memorandum let there be something signed where we agree on how we want to run what we are going to do how we are going to do it what percentage what's formula i mean play out all the scenario mm. play out all the scenario cover it in an agreement so that there is no problem in the future most of the most of the people that i say most of myself too i'm very carefree yeah he's my friend let's just go on as we go yeah. on i've learned over time huh. things can things can change immediately or suddenly so uh, prevent that by making sure it's not because we don't trust ourselves yeah. let us let us do let us follow the normal process i mean that's How my suggestion and be? advice immediately before you start before you even start at all before you start the business sit down together and agree let's get a lawyer a solicitor to draft an agreement agree to disagree this is how we are going to run. define the roles of role of each person define the role of each person this is what you are going to be doing. this is what i'm going to be doing this is what i will do so that there is no personality clash there is no there is no um doubt as to what would happen when something happens so let's play out all the scenario let's cover that in an agreement it will help it will help that's why most partnership fails because some people assume that especially from where we come from we yeah. are not very thorough about bookkeeping we don't even want to keep records uh-huh. and uh, we always believe that we trust ourselves but now we are assuming that this is how things will run the other person is assuming this is how things will run we didn't talk about it we didn't put it down at the end of the day when your assumption plays out you are not like ah no that's not what i'm thinking so there will now be conflicts so to avoid that if there is a document that says this is how we want to run this thing this is what right. will happen then right. put my put milestones then it makes life easy for everybody okay now for somebody who is like um he has tried his hand in many things there's this there's this frenzy about oh somebody is doing this thing me too i want to do it somebody is doing this one me too i want to do it right and when i talk with people i usually tell them that look it's not because somebody has created a path here that means that you two should also do it. How will you advise someone, a young person who is just here, 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 here? Yeah, well, I mean, that is that is where to start is, business from. That's where to start business from. You okay. need to copy somebody. You need to copy somebody. There is nothing new we want to create. I mean, I'm not, I won't say there's nothing new. Most yeah. things has been done. So for you to 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 make it in business you need to do the same thing that people have done in a better way mm. in a new way in a new way better and uh, you need to improve on it however as a people we are used to bandwagon effects mm-hmm. bandwagon once somebody does something everybody mm. will do it moving there somebody starts doing a uh, powder dogi by the time you know it everybody in nigeria is doing powder dogi Somebody is doing granuts, pure water. Everybody on the street has started selling pure water. Somebody is doing plantain chips. Everybody is doing it. I don't think it's the best, like you said, but that is the way, that's the way we have found ourselves. For a young person, I would say that if you want to even copy somebody, make sure you are better. You do a better version. Mm. We do a better mm-hmm. version. There's no need to doing what somebody is doing and doing it poorly. Mm-hmm. You need to find out a, a, a loophole in what the person is doing and improve on it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. There is no new idea anywhere. It's just to improve on, especially now in tech, in the tech space. Yeah. There is no there is no new idea. Maybe when Facebook started, it was new. When Instagram started, it was new. At this point now, it's no longer new. What you need to do now is to look at what they are doing and improve on it. All right. All right. Two things more and i will release you today okay. now um they always say that 
capital is um and people say, people say that I need capital to start this thing or something like that. Now, if you started, we'll say, we'll say big. It was not something that you just started and you just moved into UK. How did you create, leverage, produce, have the fund to run something of this magnitude? Uh, well, when now, we that started, question, if, they, uh, yeah. now that question, I want you to be to be uh, clear on what I'm where I'm going. Okay. You just transitioned from Nigeria to the Kingdom. I want you to address this question in this in the light of someone who may have something like a big picture that could materialize in the about number of years. Did you just decide that oh, I, I need to move? moved to the UK in 2013. Have you been planning ahead? And now said that, okay, even when I get to this place, this is what I think I'm going to be doing. And that informed some decisions you are taking before that time came. To be honest, if I, if so I that's want to I'm totally trying to ask this question today so that, you know, it, it can help some, some, some people uh, yeah. who may be in that kind of threshold. To, to, be, to, to be honest, decision. it was not planned. It was not planned. Mm. I didn't plan. To, I didn't plan to move to the UK. Um, I mean, when I say I didn't plan, I meant it's not that I've planned for two years or three years or for one year. Right. I think it right. was. It was just. Um, it was just something that decision that I took with my wife, and the six months after where we found ourselves here. And I believe it was divine. I believe it was inspired. Mm. I believe it was it was something that God says we should do and we did because it was just a moment of of inspiration. I was just driving on Lagos Abeokuta Expressway and I just felt this unease about Nigeria. It has never happened before. Even in Wisdom Training Center, I used to tell my the people that come to the center that Nigeria is the best place in the world to be. I used to tell them, it's still the best place to be in the world now. Till now, I'm not changing my mind. But I used to tell them that, oh, don't relocate. We have to make it here. You can make it here. I used to discourage people from leaving. Mm. So when I was not driving on that particular day and I felt that relocate, in fact, I think I had, not that I felt, I think I had to relocate from Nigeria. Mm. I don't know where from, uh, just something that came to my mind and I couldn't just get away, get it away from my, my, my mind. And mm. that day, because I used to live in Abeokuta, I drive to Lagos to work, to my business in Lagos. Yes. So that day, I could not concentrate in the business. I could not, I could not do anything. I just have to go back home. And mm. I told Madame that, ah, we have to relocate or I'm thinking that we should relocate. And she was like, it's not possible. Of course, to me too, it was, it was foolish. To yeah. go and do what now? But I felt a so a urge that we have to, and we started. In fact, at that point, I didn't even know how, what, <laughs> where. I didn't know where, who, as in how will you relocate? What will you do? Where will you apply to? It was after that time that I started looking at the internet to see what are the <laughs> options, so you can set <laughs> up a business and become a citizen of that country by setting up the business. <laughs> So that is how was was it came. You, you need to invest a certain amount of money mm. in that economy yeah. for for the for you to run and to go move to that country and stay in the country. So that was when. So when you say how do we get capital to start? Don't forget that we are running a business in Nigeria, successful yeah. one. Yeah. So we had we had capital, we had money, yeah. but that is not where we started from. When we started that one in two thousand and six, we didn't have any money. Mm. Mm. So we started from zero in two thousand and six. Hmm. And we and we built on that. There are creative so there are creative ways of raising capitals, which we also employed in uh, hmm. in starting with we'll say. I mean, if we have time, I will just go into one or two. Yes, go ahead, please. Mm. Go ahead. For example, at that time, my was was a business. I won't take credit for that. It's my wife's idea. I would not go into this business. If I mean, for people that don't know, Wosi Wosi is about African food. Mm. 
mm. we 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 import African food to the UK and we distribute. We all mm. sell. We we all sell and we retail. Mm. Okay, so that's what's a business for people. Yes. That I don't know. So it's not my core competence, but I am able to administer. I'm mm. able to manage. I'm able to put the brain to strategize. But the little gritty of where to get the product, what to do with the product, which product to get is my wife. That's why you need a good, a good partner if you want to go into this kind of business or any business at all. You need mm. the support. You need the support. You need a support mm. structure. Mm. It could be family. It could be friends. Mm. You need a support structure. People that will believe in you. People that mm. will trust. You, people that would ally with you. You need allies. Mm. You need allies. And if you are married, the best person to ally with you is your spouse. Yes. I mean, you don't want to have somebody under your roof that is not supporting your idea. Mm. You don't want to have an enemy within. So if it will take you to sell your vision to your spouse to believe in it, please do it. He might not like it, but make sure yeah. the person bites, bites into it. Right. If you can't convince your spouse, how will you convince customers? Somebody outside. I mean, if you can't win your your partner over, it's under, your roof. <laughs> under your roof, you can't force them. You can't you can't convince them to believe in the idea. So mm. the idea came from Madame, and then when we got it, by the way, we didn't. We, when we were coming from Nigeria, mm. we have we have plans. I have an idea of what I want. To, I have one, two, three that I would do. Yes, real estate. I was going to do real estate in the UK. I've not done this in Nigeria before. I have a feeling that I, I'll go to do real estate. I had a feeling that I'm going to practice as a chartered accountant because I'm qualified. Mm-hmm. And, and also have the idea that I'm going to start a logistics business because that's what I'm doing in Nigeria. Mm. So I had those three. And she had an idea that she was going to start a restaurant. Mm. Because that was where she was in Nigeria. She was going to start that in Nigeria before we left. So she was mm. like, oh, she's going to create the best African restaurant in the UK. Mm. So we had that coming. But when we got there, we didn't do all that at the beginning. Mm. So we got here for like a month or two or three. We're not doing anything. We're still strategizing. We're still um, looking for opportunities, planning. Where are we going to set to? We have a house where we are we are staying, but we rented it. But we're we're willing to move to anywhere where the opportunity is. Mm. We're, we're willing to relocate if it is Manchester, if it is in the north, if it's in the east. Let's look at opportunities. So she came up one day and said, "Oh." I want to start. I want to start selling African food. My first reaction was, "It's not possible. It's not a good business." That was my first reaction. I was against it. She mm. was able to convince. That's what I talk about. You are um, yes. convincing your past, your your spouse, to believe in your idea. She was able to convince me over over some weeks. I don't know how many weeks. Maybe one week or two weeks not forcing it on me that no we must do it she was like ah it's going to work oh. so i now started doing research i'm a research person yeah i started looking at that market i was doing research and i discovered that ah we have over three million nigerians mm. in the uk i mean i just went online i just said we have over three million and i saw that we are not just saving nigerians we're saving africans mm. so the market is big so I now started to look at the big players in the market. I saw that there are people of another ethnicity, which we have talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. And I saw that they've been doing it for years. And I saw where they were and what they are doing. And I'm like, wow. So I was convinced. So the, the next thing was, okay, I think it's a good business idea. Mm-hmm. So how do we now start? So I now started looking at the logistics. Mm-hmm. I started looking at um, the the... Um, supply chain. I started looking at products. I started looking at categories, uh, how to get, how to source it, how to distribute. I know. I mean, I mean that one yes, took about about a year. Hmm. For for a year, we're doing the planning. Hmm. We're doing the planning. Wow. Hmm. Wow. I don't know if I've answered your question. I think I've well, gone. It is. I've gone you everywhere. Know, you see what you have, what you have, what you have done is actually deep. Because that alone will tell anybody that local. This edifice that you're seeing here, it did not just come out just like that. Yeah. That was the teaching stage of convincing oneself that this thing will work. Yeah. And that was now the stage of planning how are you going to execute this thing. And you now took the leap and you took it. And here you are today. Then maybe I, I will share this as well. 
one of yes. the ways, like I said, we have been doing business, so we had a bit of um, reserve. But <laughs> capital is never enough. You mm. would always need once more. There's nobody. I've not seen anybody say, oh, I have more than enough capital. Mm-hmm. A businessman, you always need yes. to go back. So another way where we created, when Madame was very, very um, industrious was when we're starting, she, she created a contribution where she now she was number one you understand so yes I understand. We, had, we had about we had about uh, five about eight people contribute a certain amount yes i do, i can't remember the figure now maybe one million i don't know and she was number one so that means for that month she took the, she took the, the chunk of everybody uh, and she invested it in the business so subsequently every month we're paying back at that point she came with the idea i did the i'm the secretary so i did the letter sent it to everybody email to start the group i got a very good write-up telling people that some people invest for for some people keep money for investment some keep for savings those of you most of them are working so those of you that are working you need the savings so save every month those of us that are doing business we need the money for investment so you understand what i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah, yeah so yeah. they bought into the idea we started the contribution we were the she was number one so she took number one so we're able to invest that money mm. into the business, the business. Mm. Awesome. we needed it well i mean we, there was you know there was a point where we started and we exhausted all the this all supply uh, because we started big so we exhausted all the funds in fact like i told you if i knew what i knew or if I knew everything that I needed to know, I wouldn't have started the business. If I knew that the money I had was not going to be enough, <laughs> I, will, I will not start. Because it's 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 a shock. It's a good reality. You have started and you're sunk hundreds of thousands of pounds and you still discover that you need more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if I knew that, oh, I would need all this money, I would not start to. <laughs> but thank God I didn't know. Like I keep saying, thank God I didn't know. There are so many things that... I didn't know then that I know now that if I had known, I wouldn't have done. I wouldn't have started. But, but she, here she today, was there. you're servicing, servicing several homes, several, uh, several cities within yeah. and outside the UK. If you didn't take that big lunch, you wouldn't have been here. Yes. So on the final yes. note, on the final note, on the mentors' lounge today, what do you want to say as a parting? short to say unto anyone uh, that wants to take that big leap that is still contemplating with the benefit yeah. of insight what will you say in any in field the, in any I business would, I, I would say that the journey of a thousand miles starts with a step and uh, the edifice is built precepts upon precepts bricks upon bricks you need to lay a good foundation and start putting things one step after the other. Um, just take a small step of faith and keep building on it. Once you are convinced that you're on the right track, I mean, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to quit when you need to quit. But once you are convinced that this is right for you, I think you should just forge ahead step after step, step after step. Put in the hard work, get roll up your sleeve, work very hard um one area that i have improved myself while i'm still working on is mm. mental 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 exhaustion like okay. taking true things and i believe i've worked with so many successful people and i think one of the things that set them apart is the way they reason the way they sit down they strategize and mm. they brainstorm i didn't i didn't used to do that i always believe oh let's go then let's get done Mm. I don't want to. I don't want to put pressure on myself. But I discovered that you need to, you mm. need to strategize. You need to talk to people. You need to hold meetings if you want to. I mean, when you are starting a business, you hold meeting with yourself. Mm. You would need to think that your brain would be tired. You would sit down and think and think and think, and you will be so tired. But by the time your business becomes bigger and you have a team, you need to now be sitting down with people to think. Mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. when you say see people go to work and say i'm tired and you're wondering how you're in the ac now and, mm-hmm. uh, you were not you're not carrying bricks but because it's mental exertion they are yes. taxing the brain 
and it takes more energy from what I've got. It takes more energy yes. when you are using your brain and when you are using your physical energy. Yeah. So we must be willing. We must be willing as young people, as business people, we must be willing to to put a demand on our brain. Mm. I remember a mentor used to tell me that uh, make your brain sweat. Mm. Make your mm. brain sweat. So your brain mm. can sweat, but mm. it would not. When you sweat, it would not remain the same. Something like that. So we need to do that. I've not done enough of that. I'm learning it now because, like I told you, I don't know it all. I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. I still see some things, and I'm shocked that wow, if we mm-hmm. have known this thing many years ago. Awesome, awesome. Mm. Thank so, you so much, Sei. Thank you so much. It's been a wonderful session with you this this day, and I must really appreciate you for your time. I know it's not easy to bring the CEO and hold the CEO on hot seat for one hour. <laughs> Thanks so much, Shay. Uh, so today, that's it for us on the Mentors Lounge today with the founder and chief executive of Wasi Wasi UK Limited, the person of Shayi Awobadejo. Until I come away, away again, this is Larry Lewis signing out on the Mentors Lounge. Thank you very much. <laughs>